Let's sit. No more Let's learn. Let's evolve. Let's talk. Today is Let's Talk Business with your host, Jai Lawton. Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Business. Before we start, I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands where this program is broadcasted and pay my respects to all elders, past and present. I'd like to recognise the unceded sovereignty of all First Nations people across the many nations in this continent. Hello and welcome back to uh, another year of Let's Talk Business. It is the first episode of the year in 2024. And uh, before we get into it, just wanted to give a quick shout out to uh, all the mob in central Queensland, the Toonabar Darkany, taking out the Waba Wangaranya Rugby League Carnival there. And... Um, and yeah, good good effort to the men's team there, and uh, and the women's team making the semi-finals. And you know the the mob have got the tool belts on them, building something special. They also had a juniors uh, girls side as well uh, participate. And big shout out to Radine uh, Robinson who took out the player of the carnival for the Tunabar Darkeny side, and just just down there locally uh, signed with uh, South Logan's Magpies. So down here in West End, so. Good luck to Brother Radine and actually has some Italian heritage and played for uh, Italy in the World Cup last year, which is pretty pretty deadly to see a black fella, the Italian stallion, running around for uh, Italy in the World Cup. But um, it is Let's Talk Business, of course, and uh, and as we do, we do things a little bit differently and we're going to mix things up today. Um, we're going to do an introductory episode to Let's Talk and talk about all things Indigenous business in 2024 and cover off on what to expect uh, on Let's Talk Business this year and some of the major activities and events that are coming up and some of the themes that we're going to cover off on this year. So without further ado, I'm going to hand it over now to uh, to the fill-in fella, uh, who also is the host of Let's Talk Black Excellence on Friday and the managing director of Galimba, a full creative agency, and sits in the building here in AAA. But... Um, of course, none other than the great David Williams, who um, will host today's show, and, and we can talk through all of that that we mentioned. So uh, thank you, David, for stepping in, as always. Oh, I've got to say thanks for that deadly introduction there, brother. It's, um, yeah, I, I don't know what to say. That's, that's, <laughs> that's nice. Um, well, yeah, look, it's, it's, it, as you mentioned, Jai, this is a little bit different. Uh, you now being the interviewee, and I'm asking you the, uh, the big questions for, um, yeah, what you'll be covering off this year for Let's Talk Business. So as we do on Let's Talk, uh, let's start with your mob, your country. Yeah, so uh, Bidra, man from central west Queensland, uh, but living down this way now for, geez, 15 years now, I'd say, 15, 16 years down in, uh, in, in southeast Queensland. And uh, towards the end of last year, on our final show with our Let's Talk wrap-up, you shared an announcement uh, with all of our listeners that you're finishing up as CEO of AAA um, after four years. So, um, yeah, big an announcement. And uh, I guess the big question that uh, some of our listeners have is where to from here? And, um, and I guess what have you been working on? Yeah, I think it, I just sort of laid low for a little bit and had a bit of a bit of downtime. Um, you know, these roles and, and this thing can be a bit demanding at the best of times, so I just sort of laid low. But um, I'm at uh, QUT at the Queensland University of Technology at the minute doing a, a contract uh, looking at, you know, Indigenous entrepreneurship there. They've got a, a centre for uh, on, uh, entrepreneurship there at QUT and do some amazing things and, and amazing programs and activities and then there's the announcement of a of a brand new faculty a first of its kind in its country 
in the in the new Faculty of Indigenous Knowledges and Culture. So that will be very interesting. That's going to be launched in 2025, which is really exciting. And so I'm working on an Indigenous entrepreneurship initiative and what that might look like in the context of, of QUT, but also um, how it might feed into the, the, the broader ecosystem and how to really foster um, entrepreneurship as a, as a mindset and, and the benefits that, that, can, that can bring to not only university degrees and courses, but also um, to you know, young people in schools and, um, and also some dedicated programs, knowing that you know, we've got the, the Olympics coming up in, in 2032 and the Paralympics here in Brisbane, and there's a whole lot of you know, over $5 billion dedicated to procurement there and all the different procurement policies. So there's a lot of goodwill and there's, there's a big wave of support that um, you know, as an institution, QUT can, can foster and support entrepreneurship from an Indigenous perspective. So, yeah, nothing, nothing through that all at the moment. I've been 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 around the place. I sort of went out west last week, out to out to Longreach and Bark Alden and Gracevale Station out there with Suzanne Thompson, who's doing some really deadly things um, out there. With a had twenty two thousand acres handed back to to her mob um, out there, two hours west of of Bark Alden. So it was certainly hot out there. I think we drove back into Longreach and it was forty degrees at five pm in the afternoon. So. <laughs> Uh, looking a bit browner and a couple of shades blacker, especially after that carnival in Rockhampton as well. So, yeah, I've been keeping busy. No, that that's good, Joe. I might ask you about that QT entrepreneurship program. There's a number of programs that have existed, I guess, around the place, um, a variety of different initiatives. I guess what sets this apart and, and kind of what are what what are kind of the, the long-term outcomes or, or, you know, what what makes this, this special apart from the fact that you're working on it. <laughs> well, that's just it. No, just joking. <laughs> um, no, look, and we've I've been doing a fair bit of engagement and consultation just around the place, particularly with other institutions, to really understand how this can not just you know be another another thing and and really not not duplicate or replicate anything that's already existing, but add value. And so, yeah, I've been speaking to you know Michelle Evans down there, and that heads up Dylan Duar and talking to. Uh, Michelle Jasper for that heads up Gondai Wara down at the um, at Australian National University down there in Canberra um, and also working with a whole range of different um, entrepreneurs themselves and students and alumni so really trying to capture you know so, to make sure that yeah this does add value so I think the the thing that we're really interested in is um, is really making sure that you know this initiative is built on the back of Indigenous knowledge systems you know there's a lot of other programs out there that um, that are the foundations are of Western business, you know, traditional bis- business um, ways of working and, and and that sort of thing. So this this thing really is um, it, it's going to be founded on Indigenous knowledge systems and really using probably an analogy from you know the great David Unipin, you know, using traditional methods of technology as he had done, um, you know, through the perpetual motion of a boomerang to then lead to the creation of a of the helicopter. So and that's sort of the analogy that we're working with, the ways in which Indigenous knowledge systems can actually, you know, be applied through traditional modes of technology and, and be applied to, to, to things here today. So I think there'll be, a, you know, given QUT is the Queensland University of Technology, there'll probably be a technology focus um, with one of the key themes coming out of the engagement and consultation. And, and of course, young people, you know, just by sheer fact that, you know, we are younger um, you know, by ten years or so, uh, naturally across the board. So, and and our young people, there's just such an opportunity um, 
to foster that stuff in our young people because they're less corrupted by the world and less corrupted by uh, the views and they just have this this natural entrepreneurial spirit within themselves so yeah that's sort of making sure that they're that we're working with other initiatives as well um you know there's a range of different other initiatives run out there that we'll we'll look to collaborate on so yeah no that's deadly i I guess you know just thinking about that younger generation i kind of think about when when we were at university well growing up really that idea of of being in business in business it was such a foreign thing and i think it's becoming a lot more normalised now with more Indigenous um, business owners, the sector growing. It's not this thing that, you know, is out of reach. So I guess it, it's a great thing to have an entrepreneurship initiative within QUT for those students going through. Absolutely. And also just the whole mindset of it too, you know, if you think about, you know, entrepreneurship as, you know... Um, solving a problem without the resources that you've got you know beyond the resources that you've got which is you know the loose sort of definition that i've tried to loosely translate from you know my uh supervisor at the minute you know professor rowena barrett who heads up the entrepreneurship center there at qt and so if you think about that you know trying to solve a complex issue beyond the resources that you've got um that's blackfellas in a nutshell you know trying to trying to pay bills week to week and actually it's just people across the board now with the um you know natural high 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 costs of living and and whatnot and the rising costs but you know there's there's a real value and benefit i think that people are starting to understand that this whole entrepreneurial mindset around problem solving and the approach that um you can take and and solve these problems with beyond the resources that you've got there's real benefit in it and the things that you can create off the back of that um are really innovative and groundbreaking and and that sort of thing so yeah i think you'll see it you know there's particularly from the from QUT itself, there's a, a strategy there to embed entrepreneurship as a way of, uh, uh, you know, working and, and approaching things across the board, whether you're studying law or engineering or, or business. You know, there's, 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 a, there's a need to, or a will or a, a strategy to actually embed that out across the whole university. So, yeah, there's, um, yeah, it'll, it's, it's an interesting space to be in and, and I love it. No, that's deadly. And I guess being an alum of uh, QUT, uh, young alumni of the year, 2022. I just had to throw that one in there, brother. But, um, you know, QUT are doing amazing things, particularly with the, the new faculty that was announced last year. Can you share with us a little bit about what that's about? Yeah, look, I think um, the design of it's still yet to sort of come, but I think the idea of it is to, you know, it's it's putting a commitment right there at the forefront to say uh, that, you know they value indigenous knowledge systems and they, they value indigenous culture and and there's been certain you know these institutions um you know they 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 they're not always up to the speed with where they need to be when it comes to you know um indigenous uh, people and, and that sort of thing so this has really been a really strong commitment out there to really um yeah to really value that and to not only just filter indigenous knowledge systems within <clears throat> within different degrees and stuff but actually create a whole new faculty and create a whole range of different whether it be units or undergraduate degrees or whatever that might look like is still yet to sort of be determined but really sort of yeah really value that and 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 create courses and university degrees and units and that are, are built on the foundation of indigenous knowledge systems which is yeah really exciting exciting thing 
No, that's deadly. And um, so, yeah, uh, uh, that's some great things that, that we can look forward to uh, with that, um, you know, those initiatives. So um, let's talk in 2024. Uh, what, can we, what can we expect for the year ahead there, brother? Let's talk business with Jai Lawton. Paint us a picture. Yeah, look, I think, you know, it's a, a, a little bit of building on, on what we sort of um, were able to accomplish last year, and that's just, you know, exposing the listeners and exposing the businesses um, as well, utilising this platform to really share their stories um, around, you know, their business journeys, um, their purpose, their why, and, you know, what they what they thought and what, what, what the sector really needs to do to, to support Indigenous business and, and getting the, the insights that was so valuable last year. So a little bit more of that. I think, you know, the building on the regional exposure of Indigenous businesses across the country. So, you know, it's it's a little bit, as we know, the, the further regional and remote we go, the more challenging in some ways um, life is and business is. So, uh, you know, getting out a little bit more. So, you know, we, we were fortunate enough to get out to to Alice Springs up to Yarrabah and Cairns and, and uh, Broome sort of last year. So doing a bit more of that and taking the the little uh, the little microphone kit on the road and, and, and really getting hearing those stories from, from mob out there in the regions I think is a, a really big focus this year. And, and also I really want to do a really... Um, there's a lot of really... Uh, the startups out there that are really innovative and disrupting you know the way we do business and the way we solve problems and and uh, yeah and so I really want to capture some of those really you know innovative disruptive type mob that are really you know just yeah really changing the way that that we approach different complex problems and so there's a few there that I've I've had been fortunate enough to run into that I really want to get onto the show so do you want yeah. to share some of that uh, with us now Joy some of those examples of some of those startups. Yeah, sure. I mean, there's there's one brother out there that's um, that's getting into uh, his own uh, laser sources. So, um, laser sources is that like um, um, like tomato sauce? That's or, or or is it like a laser? You know, <laughs> I don't know. I've just got this weird picture in my head that I can't really describe at the moment. <laughs> yeah, no, it's sort of like. Uh, you know, I was thinking of those, you know, those things from Star Wars. Yeah, that, that's that it. That's it. Has. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember what they're called. He'll he'll chip me later yeah. for that. Um, but no, it's um. <clears throat> so the lasers are, you know, the technology sort of out there. It's quite sort of you know, infant in Australia, really. Like there's sort of you know, obviously, laser technology used in you know things like tattoo removal, graffiti removal, and stuff like that. But the capability of these this laser technology. Um, to do things to, you know, that again are really built on the way in which blackfellas do business around sustainability and, and all those sort of things. So particularly around the cleaning side of things, like it's just really, you know, when you're looking at really um, high-grade commercial cleaning, um, you know, a lot of the methods used to date are around, you know, sandblasting and, and that sort of thing, which are labour-intensive, they're dangerous, um, they're not good for the environment, um, and they take a lot of time. You've got to shut down plants and all different things. So there's this new technologies coming on board that can actually really change the way in which that happens and, and the, the capability of these lasers to not only clean but do a whole raft of other things that, um, you know, that I probably can't really mention too much, you know, just due to the, the confidential nature of some of the, the, 
the, the projects that are currently getting worked on um, are, are really quite um, the innovation in it is is unbelievable and these fellas are out there actually right now creating their own laser sources so um, you know that's going to be an interesting one there's um, all different types of innovative um, and the same fella now is is also um, doing some work around modular homes in a, in a bit of a different way that it's sort of been done traditionally they're all net zero um, carbon sort of neutral and and that sort of thing so yeah, there's that sort of happening. And then there's other, you know, even being out there out west with Suzanne Thompson recently about doing, you know, these really high-end luxury eco-cultural tours, you know, that probably have... There's probably not too many of them around. There's a few There's a few around, but, you know, really high-end luxury um, eco-tours for non-Indigenous people as well to come out there and, and then, you know, for the mob that don't like camping out in the sticks and uh, that's me included you know you, <laughs> you can sort of get out there in the five-star luxury of it but then be able to experience um you know some of these caves and artworks that are you know she's got dinosaur um footprints out there like you know it's not too far from mataburra which is home to the mataburrasaurus where they found that and all these other different and, and i've seen them with my own eyes these massive big dinosaur prints that are you know, date back to the prehistoric days where you've got artwork from mob that have actually painted these stories of, of living with dinosaurs. Like, it's it's crazy. So, um, yeah, so there's all that sort of stuff that's really innovative and the way in which I think people and mob are now starting to, whether it be through native title or bypass native title, to actually buy back their own land and manage their own country and care for that country, I think, is also another bit of a, a thing to, to, that I want to capture this year in, in Let's Talk Business and how, how Mob are doing that in different ways. Yeah. Paint us a picture um, of Suzanne's setup out there because I've followed some of her stuff online for the last couple of years. I remember, you know, she was living in Brisbane, moved back to Barky, uh, geez, a good number of years now. And um, But I've never I've never been to a... a I, I thought it was just, like, close to Barcaldon, but... When we were having a yarn yesterday, you said it's quite a quite a distance, you know, away from from Barky itself. But um, yeah, what, what's the landscape out there like? The landscape is something I don't think I've ever sort of seen. But like the, the way it changes so much, like you know, you've got sort of Barkalden, Longreach, where you know you you don't even see a, a mountain or a hill. I think the a little bit of a ditch is a, is a, the most you see. It's just so flat out there, um, and all you can see is just you know, this flat country right out to the horizon. And so you're sort of, you're driving through Barcaldon and Aramac and, and places out west like that where it's certainly hot. Um, you know, we'll drive, yeah, like I said, 40 degrees at 5pm in Longreach is um, certainly not cold, but they were, you know, it's this flat country. And then you turn off to sort of out towards her, her country and her, and her property, and then all of a sudden the landscape just changes. It's red dirt, uh, red sand, um, and then on the right there, it's a, it's a, on the right of the road, it's the landscape is, um, they say it was, you know, the, the sea actually come up there once upon a time. Um, and then there's this cliff face and then on the, on the left is sort of like the mangrovey type area. So you look and you're just seeing this whole different landscape and you're just seeing it change by the kilometre. Um, so it's quite interesting. And then all of a sudden you get 20 kilometres down the road and there's just this gorge type country, you know, with rocks and... and and um and cliffs and stuff like that so it's quite um quite interesting the the the, the dynamic changes of the landscape out there in the in the country and then at her place itself you know she's got 
and she's done amazing work and and you know i've got a lot of work to do as well but you know there's a whole range of different um bush tucker out there you know from your gumby gumby you know the medical sort of medicinal stuff she's got a place out there called the chemist which is you know the lemongrass and all these sort of these natural uh, bush remedies that the mob of there have, have cared for after a long period of time she's got a stage out there that she wants to start doing events out of and has sort of started that process and then and then she's just cleared the country there to do to and put out to tender her homestead so um you know where that'll be that five star sort of luxury type thing and she's got you know all sorts of different uh machinery out there that they've used to clean they've got a couple of rangers out there that they have um that they that they employ to to help clean up the country and stuff out there so it's quite it's just a lot happening um which is really cool to see that's deadly. Uh, 2024 is going to be a massive year uh, for the Indigenous business sector. I guess, um, yeah, can you share with us some major events and developments, um, you know, in the sector itself that's, that's happening in the Indigenous business space? Yeah, I think um, so, you know, Brisbane will be lucky enough to be the host city for the Supply Nation Connect, which is due to be here on the 28th and 29th of August right here in Brisbane. So I think that's going to be a pretty big uh, big thing to have, you know, Indigenous businesses from all over the country uh, here, right here in Brisbane. So I'll be definitely taking my, my little kit bag out and getting my 12 months' worth of uh, content. <laughs> for, well, because, yeah. Jai, this is actually the second time, only the second time that uh, Connect's been out of away from Sydney. Um, when, when Connect started... It was uh, under uh, Supply Nation's form, former name, uh, AIMC, Australian Indigenous Minority Supply Council, which the first one, I believe, was in 2010 in Sydney. And, uh, and the year 2013, they decided to have it down in Melbourne uh, for that one year. But all the other years it's been... So for the last 10 years, apart from COVID, it's been held in Sydney. So it's exciting that it's uh, going to be held in Brisbane. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I think you know we've got a massive, big population here. Um, of course, it's growing to, you know, to to be the largest population of blackfellas in the country right here in the southeast Queensland pocket. So uh, that makes sense as a whole flourishing business, you know, environment here. And um, and of course, you know, we've just had the recent announcement of the Queensland Indigenous Business Network, which um, will just play, you know, such a pivotal role. I think they went out to recruit their CEO just before Christmas and, and I'm really looking forward to, to that because that's a big development, particularly in Queensland, um, the role in which that will have to support Indigenous businesses in Queensland in a similar fashion to what the Northern Territory Indigenous Business Network has done and, uh, and Kinaway and Victoria and others. So that's going to be, you know, really exciting. And, and one thing that, you know, was an announcement right just before... Uh, I think it was in December, just before Christmas, was um, the government review into the Indigenous procurement policy, which includes black cladding. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's just been such a long overdue uh, thing and frustration and challenge from the sector to really try to grapple with this issue of black cladding and, and misrepresentation and of, um, of 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 our businesses in in the marketplace and 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 attaining, you know, policies and, and, and benefiting from policies and contracts that um, certain businesses probably aren't entitled to. So I think that's going to be, yeah, really um, a really good piece of work and it's promising that that piece of work has started and now, you know, our reviews are a review. We've, we've known, you know, 
through our time as blackfellas that you know reviews you know we're a bit optimistic and cynical of it at times in terms of review but i think it's a it's a starting point and it's something that we need to continue the conversation with no absolutely and, and i remember when some of the media come out with that last year i think um it's certainly uh putting a spotlight on something that we all know within the sector is an issue and i think it's going to be really important to get some clarity around how to deal with this because as the sector grows um you know there's there's i guess um, unfortunately, some non-ethical operators out there who tend to game the system uh, and um, use that to their advantage, and uh, and it, and it essentially help it, it it hurts, you know. I I, I guess um, you know Indigenous business owners out there who um, yeah are just kind of wanting to do the right thing, I guess. So it's a very well overdue. Uh, piece of work that needs to be done. Yeah, and I think we really need to take, and that's something the you know the, the key themes that came out of my conversations last year. I know there were a couple of really vocal people, you know, Jeremy Donovan, and um, you know, and a whole raft of others that were really calling for this. And I think we need to, as the Indigenous business sector, really take the leadership in into pushing it forward, and you know, not rely on the government or not rely on the review to have all the answers and the solutions. You know, the consultations are. Are, are open at the minute to put in a, um, you know, to put in a, a, a consultation around this issue. But I think we really need to take leadership in in it from an uh, in, in indigenous business sector. You know, because that's where the solutions lie. It lies within the knowledge and and the wisdom of the sector and people like yourselves that have been around pre-indigenous procurement policy days that have built their business off their own back and um, and not. You know, relied so to so to speak off um, off these procurement policies and and whatnot. So, yeah, I think we need to really keep driving this conversation forward and and, and keep moving with it. Because I, you know, the, from my observations, dry like uh, it affects different sectors differently, right? So, if you are a large cleaning or professional services company, you know, the idea of a, a joint venture is is desirable, I guess, in some sense because it helps scale that business because. Um, you know, if, if you've just got a, a small operation, it's hard to get those those larger contracts. Construction, you know, is a similar thing. Um, but I guess you know, I'm, I'm in the creative and communication sector, so you know, our our setup is not that scalability. Um, so it doesn't really affect us as much as what it would with with other other um, you know industries. What would be some of your, I guess. Um, you know, ideas around solutions to the black cladding problem? Yeah, I think we just really need to get clear into, you know, what those definitions are, you know, right from the very ground of what's the definition or how do we validate ourselves as Indigenous people? Because ultimately, if we're talking about validating Indigenous businesses, that starts with how we validate ourselves. So that's probably a really important thing to to get some clarity over and you know as we were talking before you know off air around just getting rid of this 50 percent um garbage that's just you know it doesn't provide any accountability on um ownership operation it enables these massive big corporates to actually just develop subsidiary companies to then make out like they're you know meeting procurement targets and whatnot but not actually genuinely engaging indigenous businesses in their supply chains so and it's a confu it's a confusing i guess um you know setup isn't it because when that came out in 
I think 2014, when you already had Supply Nation that existed, which is based off the global standard of certification, um, based off the National Minority Supply Development Council in the US, which is um, 51% owned, managed and controlled. Um, and that essentially gives that control and ownership back into the or into the Indigenous business owners' hands. And um, um, but once you look at that fifty-fifty, that's that just you know it it's it's muddies the water. And that's right. And, and I think you know there should be some preferential treatment to one hundred percent Indigenous-owned businesses. I think you know that we could tell stories all day on some of the bad experiences of you know, um, joint ventures or, or, or non-Indigenous business partners and, and how that impacts people's businesses and stuff like that. So I think there should definitely be some preferential treatment or some preferential incentives to incentivise 100% Indigenous businesses because that's where we need to go. I understand that at certain points in starting up and scaling that there may need to be, um, you know, some, some joint ventures created to to enable and, and, and build capability and all that sort of thing. But the end game really needs to be 100% owned and operated businesses, and so there needs to be that needs to be incentivised. Mm. And um, and the whole space, once we get clarity on all of all of those things around what constitutes what, just regulate it. You know, I think that's the the solution is regulation. And the harder it is for these dodgy fellows that come in to try and and um, and take the Mickey out of it, the the, the the harder it is for them, then the harder it will be, and they'll just go away and they'll look at the next opportunity because that's what they are, they're opportunity hunters. Mm. Yeah. It, it brings me back to two interviews that you had last year, Joy. Uh, one was with Dwayne Good where, uh, for those who don't know, Dwayne, he's, um, he's 100%... Uh, owned uh, Indigenous business around um, travel, uh, so travel booking, uh, called In Travel. And, you know, he was sharing his story around setting up a, a, a JV and that simply didn't didn't work for him. Uh, but he was, you know, he, he's he shared his journey on that and um, and the big takeout that I got from that is it's not, not for everybody, uh, but if you go into that, you really need to be cautious in terms of, you know, what does that look like? Um, and, um, yeah, and the other one too, you know, uh, with Shane Kennelly, that he's, they're, they're 100% Indigenous-owned construction, you know, company that has been around for a long time, and he's often competing with some of these other JVs who just pop up at the last minute, um, and they're backed by, you know, some of these large, you know, firms that can, that know how to tender prop, well, to, to win these tenders and it's just, you know, these 100% Indigenous businesses are losing out to those situations. Mm, yeah, they've got these resources and engine rooms that can just pump these things out. And, and and like I said, some of them are subsidiary companies of the company that's still in the work, which is, you know, not only... I'm sure there's probably some legality stuff there, but it's also just not, not ethical. And, mm. um, yeah, the more we can sort of stamp it out. And this review will be the start of it, but, um, yeah, we really need to keep pushing it forward. And I think cap the number of businesses that some of these individual you know followers can have i know that there's a number of operators out there who have got multiple multiple you know jvs that you know my question is how if you're thinking about own managed and controlled okay you've got the ownership there but how much of does that indigenous business person have you know in terms of um operationally or you know involvement within those business yeah, there's only seven days in a week and 24 hours in a day and some of these <laughs> fellas are, you know, these things take time and effort and energy and if they're, they're doing, you know, five or six 
uh, you know, involved in some of these large-scale things, you, you do have to question that, yeah. So uh, Connect in Brisbane, um, the review, what else um, can we look forward to in 2024? Yeah, well, I think, you know, Indigenous Business Month is always really big in, you know, in October, and that's 10th uh, year... Was it tenth? Yeah. Anyway, I don't know if it's a tenth year this year or whether it was a tenth. Yeah, it's a tenth year this yeah, year. Yeah, this year. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty twenty fourteen. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think you know the 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 founders of that you know being Mayra Sonter and Lisa Woodigo and and Michelle Evans out of Dylan Dewa there out of University of Melbourne are looking to to bring people together for some sort of forum, which you know a key component of that might be a, a black cladding conversation, but. Yeah, that's that's going to be massive. Ten years um, that that initiative has been around, and 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 to see that grow from strength to strength, and and to see it grow over the years to to now being being around for ten years is going to be a huge celebration of Indigenous businesses all over the country. And there's a queue, um, also some economic forums that are starting to pop up across the country. You know, I know there's one up in in Darwin each year, facilitated by the uh, the Northern Territory Indigenous Business Network. So. I'm looking forward to those. You know, the more conversations that we can have and the more facilitated uh, conversations and organised conversations that we can have, um, you know, the better place we are and um, and the more connections we can make and, yeah, the further we can get together. So I think that's sort of, yeah, it's a big year, certainly a big year. And um, um, speaking of the, the year ahead... Um who are you looking forward to uh, interviewing in 2024, being a guest on your show? Yeah, I think, you know, Suzanne Thompson for sure. Like, I, I'm kicking myself that I didn't take my, my mic and stuff out there when I was out there last week and interview her on, on country out there. Um, she's just incredible. Like, just the array of things they've got going on out there. They've got, you know, access to the, a handful of scientists that are, you know, out there fairly frequently and trying to really understand the you know the the, the medicinal values in in some of the the plants out there um they're looking at the some of the the age of some of the um the, the country out there which uh is really interesting just the artifacts that they find um you know day day in day out we, we were at, when i was out there you know, she was she was picking up artifacts off the ground. You know, and some of this country probably hasn't been walked or touched um, prior to her. You know, because the the previous owners were pastoral in the pastoral industry, and and the country there where some of the cultural sites are, um, you know, aren't aren't fit for for cattle and whatnot. So they didn't really go near it, and so um, it's been fortunately for her largely untouched. So um, yeah, just the. The looking forward to seeing where and following her and her story and and their corporation out there that's just gone from strength to strength and I think I said at the end of last year really looking forward to interviewing um, one of my sort of you know heroes I suppose in 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 the indigenous business world and that's um, you know Uncle Nev Uncle Neville Paulina and and he um, operates in the cultural tourism game and you know runs cultural tours in um, up there in. You know, out of, in and out of Broome, but also west of Broome and in Derby there. So, um, and also has you know pivoted through COVID to start to create um, medicinal products himself. Um, some which I've are just un- unbelievable. You know, some I've used on on my daughters. Um, one of them had school sores, and you know they can be quite nasty and contagious. And within two days, they were gone with this product that I um, put on her. So. Um, 
some of the some of the stuff that he's got on you know out there in the market at the moment through Cuckoo's Own, which is K O S K O S Own O W N, um, is absolutely incredible. You know everything from natural antiseptics to um, natural antihistamines to natural painkillers, and all made out of three ingredients. You know beeswax. Um, some type of oil and, and some type of plant or bark or something. So um, absolutely incredible. And see him in action up there in Broome last year in the markets and the way he just, you know, walking up to these older mob with some aches and pains and just spraying them with this stuff and then they're coming back and trying buying a couple hundred dollars worth of worth of stuff. So, yeah, he looking forward to him and just his journey. He's had an incredible journey as a pearl diver back in the day and, um, and all sorts of different things and he's just a natural storyteller. So, yeah. So those two for sure. No, that's deadly. Uh, if you've just ju- um, joined us, you are listening to Let's Talk Business. Um, I am currently hosting today's show, David Williams, and um, my guest today is uh, Jai Lawton. Um, we've sh- you've shared with us, Jai, from a sector point of view, what we can look forward to in 2024. Um, can you share with some of the key themes, you know, I guess developing 23 and and um you know and onwards to 24 some of these key themes that you'll be covering off and um, focusing on with let's talk business uh, for the rest of the year yeah we, we covered on a few just before around you know the, the sort of mob that are out there either acquiring purchasing back or, or you know they've obtained it through native title or whatnot around and then starting to create business and enterprises and create economic value from from their country so i'm really keen to unpack that a bit more and potentially do a mini-series on some of those um, because they're doing incredible work and, and and there's really a blueprint there to, you know, to go beyond economic benefit as well, you know, the actual social and emotional and, and spiritual and mental well-being of what that does, you know, in terms of rejuvenating country out there and um, reconnecting, you know, for some like myself that don't live on country. So, you know, the... the the benefits of that, uh, you know, are, are really starting to grow in terms of actual businesses and enterprises developing off the back of acquiring and purchase, purchasing back country and caring for country. So that's a key theme I want to touch on. Um, yeah, I really want to, you know, at the back of that, I know we mentioned it before and won't touch too heavy on it, but the, I'd really want to develop some sort of national forum on black cladding and, and get all the relevant stakeholders and partners um, involved in that so um, that'd be a, a wish of mine I suppose in terms of a, a key theme but certainly something that we touched on a little bit last year but um, there's a few people out there that are really delving into this space but it's really about reinvigorating those trade routes so um, you know and untapping our um, I suppose unlock potential around international trade and growing our businesses from not only you know a local point of view and a state point of view and a national point of view but what does that look like in terms of globally so um that's really cool and be good to get you know um a couple of different people on there i know darren godwell who runs eye to eye global looks into this space pretty heavily um and so that that would be interesting to to see that so yeah and then also um just around seeing more about the mob that are leading the space in in terms of institutions like dylan Duwa. You know, they're, they're doing a whole heap of research projects around um, the Indigenous business sector more broadly so we can understand things like, you know, what are we 
what do we collectively as Indigenous business contribute back to, you know, the GDP of the economy um, and all that sort of stuff. So that's going to be really interesting to see. So, yeah, and then also probably lastly just like a spotlight into some of the support mechanisms that are out there um, for Indigenous businesses and put a bit of a critical lens over some that probably need to up their game. But really what what is out there in terms of the ecosystem because it is quite complex it's hard to navigate and who who does what and who plays where so really trying to get a, a really good spotlight and understanding of that so we can use that as a tool to educate um, indigenous businesses out there whether they're starting up or need access to capital or access to finance or whatever that might be so or any other support so yeah just sort of touching on those sort of things so there'll be probably a couple little mini series that we'll sort of develop out from that no, that's deadly. And um, I guess, you know, a big one, uh, what excites you most about, I guess, um, you know, the, the Indigenous business sector itself, you know, heading into the future? Yeah, I think it's just the the growth and the the goodwill, I think, from the sector more broadly and, you know, the... You know, while we talked about the negative impacts of some of the, you know, the Indigenous procurement policy and those sorts of things, it's also created a lot of goodwill and a lot of opportunity for our mob to, I suppose, you know, um, get into the supply chains of some of these businesses, create opportunities, work for themselves, which I think is just such a a critical thing in this day and age, um, you know, with this sort of bump and grind mentality of, you know, it's sort of... Yeah, there's sort of been this whole reshift and refocus of our well-being and slowing down a little bit and appreciating things and spending more time in country and spending more time with family and spending more time with kids and that sort of thing. And business is a vehicle, I think, to do that um, at times. You know, in the early days in the start-up, it's nothing but hard work and, and no holidays and, and no profit. But, you know, eventually it pays off and can really be a lifestyle choice and that's sort of where a few of the things that, you know, we learned up in, in places, particularly up in Yarrabah and, and Broome and stuff like that, it's um, it's a vehicle for, for a lifestyle um, and to, to do the things they want to do and value. So, yeah. That, that's Jai Lawton saying it's a lifestyle choice, not um, Tony Abbott there, right? That's right. Yeah, we're not <laughs> shutting down communities by doing that. In fact, we're fostering and promoting mm. communities, you know. So, And I think, yeah, the other thing that excites me um, is those innovative things and, and really... I think the potential to use to use technologies to advance our current businesses and, you know, we've got these things of, you know, that are scary in some realms around AI and, and other forms of technology, but understanding that our culture is really based on that human and, human and people connection, um, how it is we can sort of grasp that technology and use it and still maintain that people and human connection part of it too, though, so... Technology will play a huge role in in the way we move forward in in business. So it's the you know largest growing sector globally. So um, yeah, it's going to be exciting to see all that unfold. I was just thinking about um, there's one fellow who I got to meet last year, uh, Daniel Jornby, who runs Gunganji Aerospace. So thinking about from an indigenous business perspective you know it's not just your normal cottage industries or you know cultural tourism or arts and crafts or or that you know here's a here's a fellow who has had a career as a uh, air traffic controller and you know and, and kind of finished up there and, and started his own business around you know aerospace so working with with defense and, and other kind of um industry to really i guess demonstrate that 
as an Indigenous business owner, you can work in a completely different industry that, you know, not many people would really think about. And he's really driving that, you know, to be able to, you know, employ um, blackfellas in, in a variety of different projects that he's working on. Um, yeah, it's just incredible. Yes, I'll definitely have to get him on if you don't steal him for free. No, that's right. You can have you can have brother. That's all good. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and on a personal front, um, there's a big thing that's going to be happening in a couple of weeks. Uh, so, some of us, well, we talked about it at our wrap up show at the end of last year. What that is, but um, yeah, can you share with uh, some of our listeners who may not uh, have tuned into that particular show what's coming up in a couple of weeks? Yeah, so we're heading off. There's a big group of us heading off to um, to Kathmandu and um, and doing Mount Everest Base Camp, which is um, probably as equally exciting as it is scary. Um, particularly for myself, I don't even know what we're sort of getting. I don't know what's involved and what we're getting myself into. I've been doing a little bit of training to try and get my fitness up there, um, but it's 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 exciting, I think. And it's you know this initiative was really sort of born out of um, Brother Joshy Creamer there, who's, you know, one of the deadly leading Aboriginal barristers in the country and worked on a whole range of different landmark, you know, class actions and cases and stuff like that. And unfortunately, you know, last year lost his uh, brother to suicide and, and, you know, just packed up and said, I'm going to go and do this and went on this adventure. And I think you were the one that sort of got in touch with, you know, Naomi Moore in there at, at Koori Mail and it featured on the on the front page of the Koori Mail. That's the Koori Mail, K-O-O-R-I, not uh, the Koreo Mail, um, which often gets confused. But, you know, yeah, really sort of, yeah, it, it, it created this, I suppose, wave for, for Joshua to go and to come back with a, with a group of blackfellas and, and you and I and, um, and a whole raft of others. Uh, and we're raising money for the Black Dog Institute and so... Um, yeah, it's an incredible cause. It's going to be an incredible challenge. Um, and, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm also eyes wide open and a bit sort of, yeah, a bit freaking out at the same time. Well, it's going to be an incredible experience. And, and I know particularly talking to Brother Josh, Joshua there when he come back last year and he just said, look, you know, that experience was just absolutely life-changing. And it's I guess it's hard to describe, but, you know, I think... You know, one of the things he was sharing it was, it wasn't so much the the physical challenge in doing it, it was actually the mental mental challenge of being able to overcome. You know, um, the, the fact that you know you're walking for multiple hours every day at altitude at over I think five and a half thousand meters. Um, but just sharing that story, and 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 when he came back, you know, he said, oh, you know, I'm I'm going to do it again. And yeah, yeah, you should come with us. I'm like, yeah, yeah, bro, yeah, no, no worries, yeah. yeah. You know, Gavin make out that I was actually going to do it, but then he <laughs> he um he sent a text towards the end of last year and just said, you know, here's the dates, um, and there was no good reason not to do it, mm. and um you know he was saying I want to get more brothers and sisters along on this trek, so yeah, did the call out and and I think we got eleven or twelve people um doing it, so you know Jeremy Donovan who was uh, I guess on your show last year, um and a number of others, Kevy O'Brien. Um, um, amazing art architect base here in, in Brisbane, Crystal Kinsella, uh, my sister Emma, who's um, who's currently um, just finished trekking the largest um, mountain in South America. Um, I, I just got a message, I think, this morning on, a, on our family chat that yeah, she's she's completed that. So that'll be a walk in the park for her. Then. Well, that's right because I think. 
that's six, six and a half thousand meters or something like that. So that's, wow. <laughs> but um, but it's going to be an incredible experience. And I think to to be able to, um, you know, challenge each other and and be on that journey, you know, um, together. It's something that yeah, I think it's 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 certainly going to be a really moving and amazing experience. And and as you mentioned, Jai, it is raising awareness and funds for Indigenous mental health and uh, Black Dog Institute has um, come on board to, uh, to support it and, um, and I guess we can get a link on the socials there to uh, if anybody wants to check out that page and, and donate, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get that up on the uh, AAA Facebook page. So, um, Absolutely. Yeah, that's and, and brother Clinton Schultz is coming too, hey? Yeah, that's yeah, right. He does a lot of work in, you know, Indigenous psychologist and does a lot of work in in that mental health space so um yeah it's um might need a psychologist when we're out there <laughs> <laughs> we'll get some of them um beverages too there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah no that that's really exciting um jai very much looking forward to it is there is there anything else i guess you know um as we're coming up to the end of of today's let's talk business um yeah any other final comments or thoughts no, look, I think for me it's been pretty surreal to be the first time I'm in here um, and just coming in as a as a host of the show and not, you know, the CEO of the organisation. So, But I think, you know, it's such an exciting year for uh, Indigenous business and um, stay tuned, strap yourself in. There's a whole raft of, as we know, um, let's talk throughout the, throughout the week as well. So tune into that. We've got, you know... A bit of a change up of the days this year. We've got politics on a Monday with with Chelsea and uh, Chelsea Watergo and and Dr David Singh there, and um, and I think Rach has moved the arts to a a Tuesday and um, or maybe it was a Wednesday, but um, no, well, I'm Wednesday. <laughs> there you go. I'm losing track of the days. So Ch- Rach is on the Tuesday. I'm on the Wednesday, and then we've got social justice on the Thursday, and and um, and yourself on Friday. So great different topics so tune into the whole week and um but particularly for indigenous business a really exciting year and um and i look forward to seeing it and and documenting it really through the platform of of this show no that's great um and i'm looking forward to tuning in to as i do with all of your guests on my uh, my morning walk um tune in to uh let's talk with the um podcast downloaded from um spotify but um but yeah um it's been an absolute pleasure um yeah having a yarn with you today joy and um i need to thank you i need to thank you for uh hosting this show because uh you know as i do i give you lots of notice and we do lots of planning and and that sort of thing to get this such a polished product so uh no i'd really do thank you for doing that reverse host situation and and talking through as an indigenous business owner yourself you know so it's really good to 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 hear and um and yeah just for me to be able to sort of give a bit of an outline and expectations and what, what we can expect to, for 2024. So thank you, brother. No worries. Absolute pleasure. Thanks very much for your time. You have been tuned to Let's Talk Business with, um, um, I'm your temporary host today, uh, David Williams, with my guest today, um, Jai Lawton. Thanks very much for your time.